It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Do you think the Browns defense has improved a little bit the last few weeks? Are you asking me? Yeah, yeah I do think that it has actually gotten better yeah, the last few weeks. I, I think I mean, too. They were oh, so sure. bad at one point this season. You, there's nowhere to go but up. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying well, it's imp- improved. Right. Yeah. Yes, but you know what? I had Ike Taylor on my radio show here in Pittsburgh yesterday. And he was Ike Taylor, as you remember, played for the Steelers for a long time. He won multiple rings. He was on multiple number one defenses. And he said the key to that defense or all of those defenses was six o'clock. And I've never heard it explained this way, but it was essentially think of a clock where you want the 12 and the six and you're going straight down the middle. And it, he was thinking about those defenses and the defensive tackles were impenetrable. The middle linebackers were so you're so able to rely on them. And then you think about the back and the safeties. So let's take that to the Browns right now. Defensive <laughs> tackle has been the biggest question mark since training camp. That's where you were young and you were hoping that someone That's would overachieve. Weakest. Yeah, the Browns Didn't clock goes happen. from 11 to one. There is yeah. no 12 on the clock. Yeah. Zero. <laughs> No, but that's, exactly. that, that's, that's a great point. Look at what's happened to an inside linebacker, right? And losing Anthony Walker was huge. Then you go down to, again, the middle. I mean, it's just, it's sort of like if the guts of your defense is hurt or not available even before the season starts, not there, then that's pretty tough. And then, of course, you know, in and out of the secondary health issues. I just, I think that the group is healthier or has gotten healthier. And I guess things have been simplified. We spent so much of camp talking about how they can go to another level because there were so many people that were back. There were so much comfort and familiarity. And then you hear Joe Woods, defensive coordinator Joe Woods, saying, well, no, now we've got to just simplify things and dial it back and try to do less and do whatever it is that we're doing better. I mean, I don't know. I, I, you were talking about the Ravens before you came to me, and I was just really quickly checking because – those last six games, they finished 0-6, and, and I was at, I can't remember if I was at four of those games or it, I just lost it, but I was definitely, I was at the Steelers game when they lost by three. I was at the Rams game when they lost by one and dominated the whole game until the very end. I was at the Cincinnati game, which was the only blowout, and that was when John Johnson started basically I don't even know if he'd had 10 days with the team. He had a week with the team. The week before that, they lost by one point the week before that they lost by two and the week before that they lost by one and those were all Tyler Huntley games so even though Tyler Huntley wasn't necessarily generating the wins that Mikey remembers he was keeping the Ravens in those games and almost every single one of those games came down to the last two minutes to closing to finishing which we all know is sort of the toughest thing to do in the National Football League I wouldn't You think about the way the Ravens can run the ball and the way the Ravens did run the ball or have run the ball on the Browns, that's a bit worrisome. I mean, I wouldn't be sitting here and saying, oh, well, it's not Lamar Jackson, ho-hum. Well, not ho-hum, but, I mean, Lamar Jackson is a lot better than Tyler Huntley, so you have a better chance to win. Sure, of course, but I also think that a situation like this You know, how many teams have you seen when they're facing an undefeated opponent, when they're facing a division leader, they bring their A game, and when they're facing a backup, all of a sudden they look a little bit wishy-washy. So if I'm Kevin Stefanski, I'm in that room and saying, I don't care if it's Anthony Brown, I don't care if it's Tyler Huntley, I don't care if it's Lamar Jackson, this is it. Like, bring the best game that you have. And I also think that the offense has something – Deshaun Watson is still – trying to get fully completely acclimated there are still things to play for here Didi, let me ask you this question bull can you uh, assist me on this please um what does this really mean? He had a, you want me to read that quote, that yeah, comment? I'm trying to figure out what this quote means. I so, don't. We're, we're baffled. Maybe so you listen can to this. Some light okay. on this. So this was a tweet from Scott Petrak, who you know he covers the Browns. He, of course, he said he he they were talking with uh, passing game coordinator DB coach Jeff Howard. He says okay. Jeff Howard acknowledged it was a tough adjustment versus the Bengals 
when T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd left early. Weren't sure if they would come back, had planned to face all three wide receivers, not just Chase. So, in other words, it seems like he's saying things got harder that the Bengals' second and third best receivers got hurt for just guys, which to us makes no sense and sounds like a pretty embarrassing statement. Are we reading it wrong? Um, so the first part, the acknowledge it was tough adjustment might be Scott being nice, saying clearly it was a tough adjustment and Jeff Howard acknowledged it, meaning like they didn't do a good job. It was mm -hmm. an ugly, it was rough, it was tough. Perhaps he's saying it that way. But the second part, I don't get at all. I mean, if you suddenly are only facing Chase and not Chase Higgins and Boyd, you should be doing jumping jacks on the exactly. side. Exactly. That's what we thought. Like, I, mean, I, don't, I don't get that one. I'm sorry. That's probably a... a better question for Scott, who was there and I wasn't. Yeah, because there might be and some I of that lost ripped, in translation. By the way, guys, can I just go backwards? On Tuesday, when you were asking me about Jim Donovan and I was say Jim, what Jim Donovan was saying about the team, and I said – initially well i'm not really sure but then i said look he's there every day we have to give him more respect for that insight right, right there right. than and in asking me i mean he knows way more than i do and so trust him in saying that i did there are quite a few people that were like why are you just being a contrarian and i was like well i'm thinking aloud as i'm talking don't listen but, to those people yeah, they're too, freaking too, idiots too, too, too no, that, still, too i mean out. I don't want to parse Scott's words. We should ask Scott what yeah, exactly I, happened. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Some of that, and I didn't think of that, but Aditi, you're right. Sometimes when a reporter asks a question and the subject agrees with it, I've seen reporter then try to put that as the initial thought in the inner in right. the subject's mind. We don't know that that's the case. He might have, like you said, been agreeing with, and I don't know that this is the case. Scott's very good at his yeah, job. Yeah, it's not in quotes. Right. I have yeah. seen that happen many times where a reporter right. offers up a premise and the, 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 the subject trying to be nice and agreeable might say, yeah, and then all of a sudden that thought becomes his original thought. So mm -hmm. we, we do have to be careful right. on that. Or, yeah, and it, it may not even be to be nice. It could be just the truth. Like, sure. acknowledges that that was some ugly play. Acknowledges that there were way too many, there was a lot of gap in security. Acknowledges, you know, it could be anything like that. We just, this is what's so hard about Twitter, right? Like, it's it's very hard to know what the entire context, what, what the entire conversation right. was, where it all went. So um, I'd rather just... I don't know. Disappointing all around. I, I Let's think just too, the, the, that. The other thing that's possible, Aditi, is when you're game planning for a team that has three very good receivers and you're allocating your resources as to what you're going to do to stop them, I can see how perhaps it would be a bit of an adjustment on the fly to now say we're not going to equally distribute those resources to stop three people we need to roll help over to the one, but still, that should be something that these teams can do on the snap. I mean, fingers. come on, Jay, again, like this is the National Football League. I this know. constantly. Players go out all the time. Being able to adjust on the fly is where the magic is. That's you know? exactly like, right. You have to be able to respond. You have to be, and in some ways, the best defenses tell you that they're dictating the play. We don't care what happens. Right, We right. want to force you into playing the way we want you to play. Yeah, so, we don't have that kind of defense. I, yeah, I, you know, like, I it's think a bad that... Look. It's a bad look. Here's it's a hard quote. to disagree with that. I got the quote. So, Scott Petrak tweeted again. Here's, and this time he put in quotes exactly what he said. Okay. This is what, uh, again, Jeff Howard the game coordinator, passing game coordinator, DB coach. Quote, we were planning for all three of them, and then after one series, two of them tap out, and the game changes. So it stresses your adaptability, and you really got to feel the game out. We could probably be more aware of when they are in a situation like that. Uh, that's even worse. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, not making any better. That, that, that doubles down on bad. Hey, God. I hate to That's laugh. even worse. I hate to let you. They have no shot. They have no shot. Oh, my I mean, God. That's, that's, again, that's like word salad. What are you exactly saying there? But I know I just. It's very tough to defend I don't that. know. You know, I think that this is such a difficult. It, it must be hard. Coaches' expertise is or are to 
coach, to teach, to educate their players. They're not necessarily the best public speakers. And yet it's like every week you have to stand up there and justify the job you're doing and justify the job that you're doing to a lot of lay people who maybe don't know all the intricacies and justify the job you're doing to people who not only may not know everything or all the intricacies or have the same knowledge of your area of expertise, but also don't know everything that you're not at liberty to say. I mean, what if cornerback Z said, holy cow, Jamar Chase is so much tougher than I thought, I just can't do it. What if cornerback Y had massive stomach pains and just like couldn't run, you know, like, there could be anything going on. And I think that sometimes instead of just being straightforward, they give us this word salad. And to your point, it doesn't come out looking really good. Aditi, Garrett threw a, uh, a grenade into our group chat. <laughs> Bless you. Bless you. I've been sneezing all day. I can't believe I haven't sneezed on the air yet. I'm like trying to hold it in all morning. I'm fighting something too. Garrett threw something in our group chat the other day and it set off a bomb of his three years enough to evaluate a coach. So without any further context, I will just ask you that exact same question, not necessarily regarding Kevin, but three years in general, is that enough time to evaluate a head coach? You can't answer that in a vacuum, and no, I don't think so, actually. Bang! That I knew I'd good. agree with you. That was That's her. exactly what well, I said. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with here's that. Here's the point I made. Ron Rivera, three years to evaluate who's been doing it for 20 years versus Kevin, first-time head coach doing it for three years. It's impossible to answer. Agreed. It's also what is the roster that's around you? What other stressors are there? Is there a stressor like the COVID year? Is there a stressor like the whole Deshaun Watson chase and then juggling quarterbacks and preparing offenses and making a midseason switch? There's there's stressors like injuries or unexpected things along those lines. You know, so I think it's really hard in a vacuum to sit here and say that. I also think that. I mean, come on. Kevin Stefanski was just the coach of the year two years ago. What did he just wake up yesterday and turn dumb? Like, Apparently so. It's so. If you ask us of Cleveland, yes. Half of Cleveland thinks no. he just woke up and no. lost I all mean, his brains. It's so absurd. John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh was about to be run out of town. Super Bowl winning coach was about to be run out of town. When Joe Flacco's back gave out, he throws in Lamar Jackson. And when we say run out of town, he was like four and seven or something. And I'll say this openly. If I were to play for any, t any coach in the National Football League, it would be John Harbaugh. I just think he is so exceptional for so many reasons. And one of them is going back to last year when he only had Tyler Huntley and John Johnson and his team that also had 20 major contributors on IR is in every single game and dropping them by one and two points. I mean, to fight and to still keep fighting is a statement on the coach. So anyway, he was almost thrown out of town. Lamar Jackson comes in and all of a sudden he's coach of the year again. So things can flip, things can switch. Deshaun Watson very actively, like, look, let's just throw this out there. Deshaun Watson went to the money. The Browns were offering him guaranteed money. Yes, but... Deshaun Watson also loved Kevin Stefanski's offense. And I sat with him in a room when he talked about the time that the Browns brass flew down to Houston to meet with him, to talk to him. Once the grand jury had not returned an indictment, the Browns had decided they were indeed in on this Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. They'd come down to talk to him, get a personal sense of him. Everybody left the room, and it's Kevin Stefanski and Deshaun Watson. And Kevin Stefanski has put together about a 30-minute tape of plays that Stefanski has run with Baker Mayfield, with Kirk Cousins, with Case Keenum, <clears throat> plays that Deshaun Watson has run, runs that Nick Chubb has run, and how they would change if Deshaun was the quarterback, what Deshaun could potentially do in a Kevin offense. And Deshaun told us that those 30 minutes right there were just everything to him. It was talking ball, as he said, which he can do forever. It was the light bulb going off in his head. This idea of what he can do in this offense, how he and Kevin could build together. And then the way that he was talking about what a great players coach Kevin is. He said, Kevin has no ego. And this is something that Jacoby Brissett said also. If you don't like a play, it's out. Kevin is not wedded to anything that it has to be his way or the highway. Deshaun isn't talking about playing for a coach like that and then being okay if the coach is just canned. Let's not forget, 
Deshaun Watson refused to play for the Texans because the Texans didn't consult him on the hiring of a coach. You better believe that if Deshaun Watson has tied himself to a franchise, part of who the part of that decision is who the coach is. So if point. you put all of your eggs in the Deshaun Watson basket, you're not going to piss him off by getting rid of the coach that he wants to play for and getting rid of the offensive system that he wants to be in. And oh, by the way, there's no reason to get rid of the coach. Kevin Stavansky didn't wake up yesterday and suddenly lose everything in his head that made him coach of the year two years ago. The sun is shining. What do you think is out there that's better? Who is out I, there I that's I agree with everything you said, although it is fair to say he hasn't done a great job this this year, I think. I mean, sure, they're they're five and eight. He would tell you that he hasn't done a great Absolutely. job. What five and eight coach is going to tell you I've done a great job? Aditi, the harps are playing. The sun is shining. You just <laughs> gave a sermon in a minute and a half of what I've been screaming verbatim for three months, and nobody's listening to me. So thank you. Oh, stop it! I've been saying it longer than you. What the hell are you <laughs> they probably, so wait, are you accusing me of plagiarizing? No, of course not. No, 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 no. By the way, I'm just saying we got I've, beef. We got Aditi versus Jason. No, Ring no. She'd kick my ass every time. No. By the no, way, no. Aditi, last thing before we let you go, Trump just made a big announcement. Trump trading cards for $99. Will you buy them? Oh, my God. What? He, that was Aditi, his big you don't announcement. Have to that. Thank you, Aditi. We appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, being a lawyer. Aditi, you don't have to answer we'll that. We'll see you next Will week. Will you buy the Trump trading cards? Bye-bye. Please. <laughs> hey, well, we have you guys. You can bet on this Sunday's game. Jeez. Not using I'm BetJack, but come cards. January 1st, you can bet on all your Browns, Cavs, Guardians, Ohio State, you name it, because BetJack is coming on January 1st. Hey, Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show fans, looking for the Ultimate Sportsbook? Sportsbook, uh, sports betting, excuse me, goes live January 1st. Just download the BetJack app today so you can have skin in every game, anytime, anywhere. Bet BetJack, it's Ohio Sportsbook. We have to schedule a... Uh, a show trip oh. terrible jason yeah. we have to schedule a show trip where the whole group goes to jack for either a football sunday or college football uh, maybe the playoffs or whatever and just hang out in their incredibly las vegas like lounge you know what we should do which is top shelf you know what we should do that'll be uh maybe the last game when it's open maybe our first member meet and greet which that's by a, the way that's we, a great you know, idea we, Th those are coming. We still got some logistical, legal stuff that has to be worked out on that. But if you are a member of UCSS, either a starters tier for one ninety nine or a coaches tier for four ninety nine, we'll Do a meet uh, let and you greet know when that is Bet coming. Jack. We'll ask Bet Jack. We'll, we'll, we'll work it out. Like I said, there's a lot of contracts. It's not as easy as just saying, "Hey, we're showing up. We're going." Sure. Um, I wish it was. Unfortunately, it's not. But we do do that overtime content every day. We're talking Guardians today with that overtime content. And if you give me one sec, I want to show you guys why it is worth being a member because the community tab is where the chat continues after the show. And this was popping off today. Uh, I wish this stayed up here, it didn't stay up, so I gotta type it back in. So give me one second here, guys, right. as we uh, set this up. But we asked everybody if three years was enough time to evaluate a head coach and check out some of these answers here. Steve, I don't know if it's uh, broadcasting now. We got 45 responses. I'll read a couple real quick. Todd Fensel says, normally I say yes, but with all the situations that happened over the last three years, I think Stefanski deserves at least one more year with the quarterback he wanted. The DC, on the other hand, well, we have seen enough. Uh, XX Dev 500 says, I think we need to give him a full year with the Sean. Then we can evaluate, although I do believe these last few games will be very telling. And one more just for fun. I mean, look, look how many comments we got, guys. This is all from today's this is post. very nice. The conversation, including G. Bush, goes on way after. G. Bush, uh, can I ask a question? Uh, just to, I'm, I'm not as tech yeah. savvy as, as you young whippersnappers. It, it kind of seems to me that this is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, 365 extension of our show. It, it stays on forever. You can comment forever. whenever. We'll, uh, we'll see when we get to them. But forever the conversation ever. does not forever. end when the show ends. So Wow, that's, that's kind of cool to know that – because I know a lot of people aren't watching us in real time. They're watching us. I hear from people all the time that watch us at 5 o'clock in the afternoon yep. or 6 o'clock when they get off work. Yep. And they watch the show. And if they want to weigh in they, and they feel like they want to become part of this – community this ultimate cleveland sports show community they can dive into this area and they can be part of the chat by the way when you reply to somebody it gives you a notification that somebody replied to what you just said if you if you're if subscribed you, if you don't if you, if you just either comment, way 
Either way, if you just comment, even if you're not subscribed or you're just a regular person who, who comes across. How it, does it come through? Email or what? What happens is once you put it down, it'll come as a notification that so-and-so um, replied to something you put in this thread. So in the notification bell in the right-hand corner, it'll have a one or two how many people right. refer to it. Okay, so that's kind of cool. Theoretically, you yeah. can have 45 people re reply to you um, in, in that chat. And by the way, a little thing about the internet and, and how YouTube is, People just go right to the comments. Sometimes, like when I'm watching these like shows or podcasts or 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 where, wherever it is, I'm going. People go right to the comment section just to like check and see what, what the what the feel is before they even watch it. Wow, that's interesting. It's a weird. It's a weird yeah. phenomenon. I don't know way. why, but I, I just, I'm not into the comments. Pat McAfee, his his chats is crazy. Comments are a thing of beauty. Sometimes they get a little off the rails, and you got to sort the uh, real ones from the trolls. Yeah. So yeah. just know it's not always the healthiest place, but ours yeah, is. Yeah, that's I think no, that's probably really? why I stay no. away from it. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's like Twitter. It's, like, it's, it's even worse. What's wrong with these people? Nice. Even worse. Uh, we have Anthony and Earl and myself from time to time. We'll monitor and make sure good. no one's good. Well, I'm glad someone's paying done, attention so. to it. Let's talk Cavs. Um, what happened to top five? We're not doing top five? No, I think we ran out of time. We, we got to get, oh, get Cavs. We yeah. got a bunch of internet comments. We got to read both. We got to do Cavs. The Cavs what last the night, um, after that egg they dropped in San Antonio, I was watching closely because I wanted to see progression. I wanted to see a team that plays up to their talent. And I knew this this Mavs team, they're not world beaters, but I think they're a good team. Good and team. on the road, the way the Cavs had played, I, ex I was ne very nervous about this. I thought this would easily... Uh, this could easily be an L, but they won 105 to 90. And really, with a few brief stretches, this was never even in doubt. Yeah. They jumped up big. They had a 17-0 run at mm, one point, yeah. and they won handily. Donovan Mitchell played like the five-star guy that we think he is. I, I threw out there that it was with the Celtics wins in the category for most impressive performances of the season. Does anybody think that's nonsense or can they slightly agree with that I would still put Boston ahead of them just because that's a team you're going to face in the future right theoretically Dallas you really don't have to worry about but yeah I mean what I liked about last night was the fact that Donovan took control early I mean when I turned the game on it was 18 to 2 I, I think it was 18 to 2 and I thought wow okay and and Dallas made a run because that's what you do in the NBA sure and it was close again and then the Cavs pulled away again it was a 20 point lead like that yeah and just the way Donovan controlled the game I think he had 27 in the first half he set the tone early and they really kind of coasted to a win. It was a much-needed win. Spurs' loss was a bad loss. That's a bad team. I don't care if you're on the road. You can't lose that game in no. that building to that team. So to bounce back the way they did was impressive. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Dallas may be a 500 team, but they're like the Cavs. They've been great at home and terrible on the road. Right. They were 11 and 4 at home coming into that game last wow. night. And the Cavs obviously had played lousy on the road. So I thought I thought it was an excellent win. And how about the game Lamar Stevens had? Yeah. You know like, what? That's usually that was even when he two starts, on my he doesn't list. put up any stats, but he, he had great. a double double. His, his plus minus was 22. Yeah. Highest on the team. It was unbelievable last night. 18 and 11 or something? That's the, that's the problem with the Cavs. You don't never know what you get from Lamar Stevens, and you never know what you get from, uh, what's the name? Uh, Acora. Uh, uh, no, not Levert. 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 You just don't know. Like if you they could have get, 35, you <laughs> could have three. The, the difference is you're paying Karis Levert about $18 million, yeah. and you're paying Lamar Stevens minimum wage right. by NBA but, standards. So it's okay to yeah. get that out of it, it, Lamar Stevens. Like, and, you know. and if you can get it from him, the Cavs, I think, are a different team. Did they stumble onto something, though, with Stevens? I mean, I, I don't know how repeatable last night was, yeah. but a lot of the ills that we've talked about, like things that they need, he stepped up and provided last night. Yeah, I mean, I like him in that in that role and in the in the starting lineup. We've talked about it before because you don't need a whole lot out of the three spot, you know. Uh, and I thought I think they've done a really nice job over the course of this rebuild, which obviously they're not in a rebuild anymore, of finding guys like Dean Wade and Lamar Stevens and these guys who were really nobodies and, and were looked over, and they were able to identify them, uh, pick them up, and develop them. And that's something that wasn't always the case with this organization for a number of years. 
you know, that's the point I made a few years ago is who are they really developing and mm. turning into great players? And in the NBA today, you know, it, you don't need to find, you don't need to have picks in the top five in order to develop a team, which is really what it used to be. Like you needed top five, top 10 talent <clears throat> and teams like, <clears throat> excuse me, teams like Miami, Toronto, Toronto won a championship with nobody drafted in the mm-hmm. top 10. Milwaukee, you know, with, with Giannis, obviously that's lightning in a bottle at 13, but even the pieces around him, you can build teams now through development and, and through different ways. It doesn't always have to be high lottery picks. Obviously, the Cavs had Evan Mobley at number three, but Jared Allen, they got in trade. Garland was a high pick at five, uh, but there's just other ways to supplement the top talent. And I think they've done a nice job of identifying. I would second that. Do we know why your boy Jenny Osmond didn't play last night? I don't know. No, they only really know. played eight guys last night. Yeah, small rotation. Yeah. Everything worked. They only got, I think, 13 bench points. Sometimes if, if – Yeah, all if, from – I think if, Kevin Love had two. Or, sometimes if, if guys are, two. are rolling and catching a rhythm, you just don't yeah. want to disrupt that rhythm. And so a guy like Jetty I, – I don't know. I don't know if he was fighting something. If he was hurt, I, I yeah, really Yeah, it just said know. coach's decisions. So. I, what I, that to me means that the other guys caught a rhythm. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. They just what, went with him. What I found is – which is, I, I don't know, interesting, is the Cavs play well against the name. You look who they beat this year. They beat the Sixers handily. Yeah. You you beat the Celtics. Mavericks. You beat the Celtics twice. Lakers. You beat the Lakers. The teams with the names, uh, they seem to play. But they did they, L the Warriors. Yeah, they did take it L to the Warriors. But you lose to Sacramento and twice. You yeah, they lost to the Bucks. Well, Milwaukee's I, I think the cream of the crop. But I think I think this team has to be in the top. They have to have home court. I believe they have to have home court in the first round. I thought the defensive effort last night was exceptional. And yeah, I, I noticed Bickerstaff after the game made made yep. reference to that. He said, everything we do starts with defense. Yeah. And I'll tell yep. you why that was super encouraging to me. Defense is a switch. Defense is an effort. It's a decision. Are we going to go all out tonight and expend a lot of energy to play defense? And it seems that when this team has decided to do that, the two Celtics games, I thought they did that for the last Bucks loss, the Friday night after Thanksgiving when they went on when they gave up that 25-2 run. It started so well for them. They had like a 17-point lead and they were playing defense. I think that's good because Bickerstaff even made this comment which I loved. What we do well travels. And that's defense. Yeah. And it does. It's it's a mindset. It's a decision and I thought last night particularly because they had looked so poor against San Antonio they made the decision to win this game. We're going to have to go out there and play playoff caliber defense, and they did it, which is nice. I think they can find yeah. that gear when they need it. But to, to, to G's point, I agree that I think they need home court just because they're a young team. And young teams tend to – in a playoff environment, a playoff atmosphere, they tend to buckle a little bit on the road. And because they've been so bad on the road. Yeah. And, and again, I think that goes back to just being a young team, and they're not really battle-tested. They're not road-tested. So that could determine how far they go. And they got two. I, they showed me they got two guys where, you know how you'd be watching NBA basketball and you got a couple dudes that's bucket getters and they're going to get buckets regardless. You can play it in the playground. You can play it in your backyard or, or in, in Golden State. They go Mitchell and Garland will score to a certain extent. But to win, you need that third dude, a fourth dude, to come along and say, oh, well, I could get that too, like right. on the road. And they just, but it's not that they don't have it. It's just the fact that they're young and they're trying to find it. Is Allen or Mobley more that guy to you? I had I had a pl- uh, executive with another team tell me Jared Allen's their most important player. Period. Really? Yeah. yeah. We've heard we've heard other people. I said intimate it. that that. He, his trajectory will be the Cavs' trajectory. Because they sort of unravel defensively when he's not out there. Right, he's the yeah. pillar to the, what they do defensively. Doesn't necessarily mean he's their best player. Donovan Mitchell's their best player. Sure. The guy I was talking to said Jared Allen is their most important player. I get that, It too. was interesting. I, under, I understand. He doesn't make very many – he doesn't make mistakes. Like, like, if you watch Jared Allen, you very rarely see him take a bad shot or not finish around the rim or be out of position defensively. It's just like he you can count on him to get that 14 and 12 and play great defense. You know, we talked about grades for basketball players. Jared Allen would rate so charts. high yeah. Yeah. What, because he, like you said, he doesn't make mistakes. He's always in the right spot. What is it that you said? Helps. 
Mike, at the beginning of that? I couldn't hear if the there were PFF If there was PFF grades oh, for basketball yeah. players, it's he would rate so highly because he doesn't take bad shots. Yeah. He only takes shots that are within the offense when the ball comes to him. He doesn't need the ball. He sets screens. Like in 2KG, you, you might be able to guess oh. this. The teammate grade for him would be out oh. the window with all the picks he sets and rebounds <laughs> Like he the does. big fundamental. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and he has the anchor badge. <laughs> and he does all the little things, right? He, yeah. he, the defense, the rebounding, the hustle plays. He brings the energy to the team. That's I why I can I can totally co-sign that yeah. remark that he, he's not their best player. I agree that. But he may be the player that ultimately determines what they become. You know how Jared Allen, you know how like we talked about, obviously he's a better basketball player than Jacoby Brissett is a football player. But like we talked about Jacoby Brissett knowing who he is. Yeah. And that's why he succeeded with the Browns because like, to do more than that. right and and Jared Allen knows who he is he, he seems very comfortable in his skin and the type of player that he is yeah this isn't a perfect comparison in fact it just fell into my head so I may be wrong you could probably talk me out of it I almost liken him to Draymond Green with the Warriors not that he's the outspoken fiery guy but he's not a d-bag like but, that. but no but I mean Golden State has Steph and Clay but Draymond is really in a lot of times been the backbone of that team yep and I sort of look at this, I think, again, I just thought of this, kind of tend to look at this the same way, where you have Donovan and Darius, but yeah, Jared Allen is kind of the backbone of that team. Role, not game. I, I, I think, yes, plays that similar role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not saying their games are similar. Game, no. But yeah, I think you're right. That pivotal third guy that can hold it all together, and if he's not doing what they need him to do, it can all fall apart. Yeah. Once again, I look at Donovan Mitchell, man. I, 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 bro, I didn't know you. I, I didn't know. I was disrespecting your game, bro. I knew you was good, like, but I didn't know he was that good, bro. Like, he came out in this game, and he was just basically like, "Oh, Luca, we know you get thirty-three a game, but who cares about that? You lose." What he finished with like twenty? He just twenty-two, maybe Luca. And the way I saw him playing defense on Luca, that's what impressed me. And I'm like, he giving up. Five inches, and he's just digging down. Luca was in a bad mood last night. Yeah, there, he was. There was three or four times where I saw him just be absolutely disgusted with his teammates. I don't Throw know what was going bounds. on. He looked like he had a tear. He gave them a, that business in the locker The worst part about Luca last night, I had his over point total at 30 and a half. He scored 30. He scored 30. That oh, he did have that many. Left. Nine of 23. Yeah, because he, he did a lot of work late. Because but he didn't for a shoot while. well. He was nine of 23 from the it field. Hurt. Yeah. When you, when you miss by one point. Yeah, that does And they sting. take him out with six minutes to go. Yeah. That that hurts. Man, they put nothing around him. Yeah, it's a one-man they, they show, man. They got fooled. They went to that East, They went to that Western Conference Finals, and I'm like, I now granted, they, they, him and Spencer Dinwiddie is second in the league in backcourt scoring. I, I didn't think that Darius Garland and, and, and uh, you know, Devin, or Donovan Mitchell would be number one at this point. Where are they? Number one. Oh, they They're are. the number one scoring wow. backcourt yeah. in the league, and, what, and this I is over it, all of them. What derailed Dallas was Porzingis, Kristaps Porzingis. That, yes, that, killed that, him. They were supposed to be the But the they, like, that guy never stayed healthy in New York. I'm just saying. No, but, I mean, to it's point, a different story if he's yeah. around. And no, he's point, not. Though, sometimes – Having too much playoff success early Ooh, derails your team. Look at the Hawks, yeah. too. The Hawks, Hawks is a great example of that. They go all in when the reality was that team was not ready to go all in. That team was no, two you're three right. years away. Yep. They got lucky that Ben Simmons had the brain fart. He hasn't been the same since. They right. played a terrible Knicks team in the playoffs. They go, they get crushed by the Bucks. You look at the Mavericks last year. They make the Western Conference Finals. They go through Phoenix, who collapsed. They weren't ready to take that all-in step. They lose Brunson because they go, hey, we need that money because we no, need a big guy. That's true. And sometimes, you know, you loved your team to make it. You never say it's a bad thing to get that postseason experience. Right. But can accelerate a timeline when a team doesn't actually need to Mitchell, be accelerated. Mitchell said after the game that, uh, you know, he talked about losing to Dallas. In mm. the, remember, they lost game six at home. Yeah. And he actually said that um, he, he now looks at it as a good thing because it, it put him in Cleveland. See – do you think Which tells they, me how much he loves being in Cleveland? Yeah, he do does. you think they could piggyback off that experience? I know somebody because last year we said they weren't ready for it. They just we needed to get some playoff experience, four or five games and lose, and then figure out how how to play yourself in a, in, a, in championship basketball. Can they like piggyback that? And, and Donovan Mitchell says, "No, I remember when we lost to a team in the first round." Because Mitchell's been in some big series out west. Yeah, he has, but you don't. You guys have to go through it for themselves. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. Don, what Donovan experience is good for Donovan and he can learn from it, but Donovan can't. I, I remember when LeBron came back and uh, Kyrie had never experienced a playoff game and they played an early season game at Chicago 
and Kyrie looked at James, I think it was James Jones, and said, is this what the playoffs are like? And James oh. is like, come on, man, are you serious? <laughs> playoffs? He, but, but they had no idea. Like, right. And you just, you have to, and that's why I thought last year was kind of devastating for the Cavs because they need that series. They that JB needs that series. JB needs to know what it's like to, hey, they take away our best play. Yeah. You know, that not only are they doubling Donovan, but this, this, uh, this ATO that we run, they took that away. So now I have to come up with something to adjust. And how that. rotations become so drastically different in the playoffs. Absolutely. And I mean, that's, that's a where, huge change. That's where Ty Lue, I, to me, is an elite head coach because of what he can do in a playoff series. He is sensational wow. in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And we have to figure out if JB can be that guy because we don't know. Yeah, no, By the true. way, Luka Doncic and Zach Jackson separated at birth. You find that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Look at their faces. They no. look alike. No. Bull, come on. And, and, and I'm telling you. Their faces. Bull, look Bull, at their I'm faces. Your favorite term? Yeah. You lost in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> if, if Donovan Mitchell, if the Cavs get <coughs> to, I don't know if they can get to the number one seed. Like, two might be out of the reach. But I'm going to tell you number what. Number one seed. Yeah, they, Cavs they get to the number no, one No, I'm seed. talking about the East. Oh. Well, they're no. three right now. I, I don't know if one. they can get to the two. They're not catching Boston Milwaukee. So, so if, I mean, well, how many points Donovan Mitchell got to keep putting up? Before they like, oh, listen, this guy might be MVP candidate. I mean, he putting up 30 a game. He's got to keep doing that. I mean, a lot of times you have to, it's, it's a progression. Ah, uh, yeah. You get into the conversation. You got to get in the club. Then you get into the top two. Uh, That's right. It's like winning a championship. It's the same thing. Yeah. Nobody goes from worst to first right. in the NBA. Unless you're Derrick Rose. That's the only time I've ever seen yeah, somebody D-Rose. just, D, that D Rose, that MVP they gave him. I was like, but he only get that was one of the LeBron MVPs that they just gave away. That yeah, was they him. didn't want LeBron to get it. No, oh, no remember no. they gave NBA uh, MVPs away to Steve Nash. That was Kobe's MVPs. Yeah, yeah. that was. <laughs> You're right, it was Kobe's. They they ain't slick. Giannis done won it twice. Maybe y'all get see you guys vote. Do you who in the athletic votes for MVP? Jason, do you have an MVP vote? I did when I was a beat writer, okay. but I don't I don't anymore. A lot of times they give those to beat writer, and then you have to be a national NBA writer, uh, and I'm not considered a national uh, NBA writer. I'm stunned that you're not considered a national NBA writer. You should be. Well, I mean, if I if the athletic category categorized me as that, then I would be. But I they asked me to be, and I told them I don't want to. Oh, really? Yeah, I'd rather do this. This is way more fun because this allows me time to do stuff like this. Sure, that's no. If I was I a can... national NBA writer, I wouldn't have time to do it. So. I mean, my cat. I guess I'm categorized as like senior columnist type things. Right. So yeah. I just write about whatever I want. I do more NFL now than NBA. Do you really? Yeah. But I could do either. By the way, Donovan Mitchell is eighth in scoring in the league. It's a lot of people. Hey, Shea Gilgis. Uh, what's his name? Shea. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Alexander. He, Chris, is he getting 33? The scoring is outrageous. Uh, Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is leading the league at 33.3. Then Doncic, Giannis is three. Shea Gilgis Alexander four. Jason Tatum, Durant, Steph Curry, and then Mitchell. If if the Cavs finish third in the East and Donovan continues playing this league, he'll catch a couple MVP votes. He's not going to be in the top three or four, but he'll get some MVP and votes. And that's step one. Yeah. Curry, uh, I don't even know where Steph? he finished in Utah. I'm sure he's got an MVP vote. I bet he's Utah. been top ten once at least. Yeah. Steph Curry uh, dinged his shoulder that looked last bad. night. It did look bad. Yeah. I think they're going to MRI that today. But my, my fantasy team cannot afford that. We, we <laughs> Bush, this, this next stat comes courtesy of uh, Cleveland Whiskey, our favorite alcohol on the market. Cleveland Whiskey's Christmas bourbon is available now. Visit oh, your local liquor Christmas store. Bourbon. Take some home today. It's whiskey without limits. Please drink responsibly. The NBA.com releases MVP ladder every week on Mondays. On Tuesdays, excuse me, they put out a new MVP ladder. Donovan Mitchell currently sixth on their MVP okay, ladder. Okay, very so nice. Crack that top the way five. The season. Do you guys want to know one through five? Just for fun? Yes. Yeah, go Jason ahead. Tatum, number one. Yeah, Giannis, go. two. Luka, three. Jokic, four. Durant, five. Mitchell, six. Curry, seven. Morant, eight. Anthony Davis, nine. Embiid, I'm surprised ten. Embiid's that low. How There's a lot of people around the league that don't like him. A lot of executives. Why would Doncic be like in the top five when his team is a 500 team? Because he's Luka. Yeah, but you can't win the MVP if your team is he's averaging not 30, the NBA. He's averaging 34, nine, and nine. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's and NBA he's the only player numbers. on that team. That you take Luka off. And it, 34, nine and nine is nuts. ridiculous. In, in comparison, just just for comparison's sakes, Donovan Mitchell's averaging 24, four, 29, four and four. So, yeah. but I mean, but this is There's the gap. There. This yep. is this yep. is the Jason Tatum year. They've already pre It feels it. that way. They've they've already the writers have said you went to the finals. You're preordained. You're preordained. It's a Tatum year. It's also dumb. 
Yeah, it is kind. It of. is dumb, but I, I agree with you. I hate yeah, that. Yeah. But it does it feel it's the progression. I just <laughs> yeah. said it. Okay, it's you've waited in line. <laughs> Who's next? Yep. Bring him up. Yep. Jokic is down at six, even though he has the same numbers or better than he did when he won the MVP. Yeah. He he'll never win Have it again. Been paying attention to the Pelicans. Zion's oh. been playing great. He's out of his mind. Hey. And There's they're the out of there. The they're the number one team in the West. By I'm the way, this, this was not good. the. And we gotta do internet comments in a sec. And I, I'm curious your guys' thoughts. How petty of it was the Suns to get mad at that windmill dunk at the end? That was yeah, pathetic. I know. That's I, 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 that drives me. Who cares? Nuts. It was pathetic by the Suns. I thought it was weak. The, the, everybody complains about unwritten rules in baseball. Well, we got to complain about the unwritten rules in basketball. Go. It's stupid. If, if Zion was in any other market, this would have gotten out more. He asked for a trade almost every week last year in the year. Before. Yeah. He did not want to be in New Orleans. No, he didn't. And Griffin, that whole staff, came within a whisker getting fired. And to see the way that they flipped that and turned that around. It's great to see. I, I can't believe that Griff survived because it was really bad. Aren't they year. holding your breath with him, though, every game? Zion? Yeah. yeah. A little, little bit. Sure. But, uh, but, they, but if it's a CJ McCollum looks good, yeah. Ingram is nice, Valanchunas is, is keeping. Jose Alvarado is the most fun dude you've never heard of um, in the NBA. They're, really? They're Why? Good. They're good. He's an undrafted, like, 30-year-old Spaniard who plays full-court defense. He, he's everything you hate in pickup. Yeah. In the NBA, he's got dreadlocks. Him and Chris Paul look like they're going to fight every game. He's so much fun to watch, even though he doesn't really dominate the box. He's just a pest. You want, my, awesome you want my hot take? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't give very many hot takes. New Orleans will not be – or the the Pelicans will not be in New Orleans within 10 years. They'll be yeah, gone. Yeah, it's, I, I wouldn't yeah, – I, would, oh, I, oh, yeah. I think the league wants them out of that One market. of the unwritten stories about the Saints in the NFL is that market size in the NFL doesn't really matter as much as it does in the other sports because of the, you know, the, the, the way they share their money league-wide. That's why a team like Green Bay, who's in the smallest pro sports market, I think, yeah. in, oh, for in sure. the United States – that's why they can thrive and, and succeed. Where if this were baseball and you were relying on local contracts, but I've looked at the situation there. New Orleans has hemorrhaged population yeah. since the last couple of hurricanes. There have been so, hundreds yeah. of thousands of people that have left the ADI, the market, yeah. and they have not returned. And I, it's going to be really interesting to see. I don't think they can support any team other than a National Football League team because no. they're population base and their economic stature. If you take the Saints away, both of those facilities. If you take the Saints away, if the Saints leave, they'll never move the Saints. No, No, because again, because the way the profits, they won't take the Saints. But but I don't think they end up the Pelicans. They were in the running to get a Major League Baseball team not long ago. They were one of like the Nashvilles and and the Charlottes. I think that ship has sailed because of their population. Got to be in Vegas, no. But well, yeah, I believe you're right. I think the NBA will be back in Seattle and Vegas within yeah. 10 years. I think, is it Orleans. possible the Pelicans go to Seattle? I think it's possible. I mean, I, they should have never left Seattle. I don't know no. which is going where, but I'm just saying I think Seattle's Seattle, Seattle team, yeah. and Vegas will have teams within yeah. the next 10 I years. I still don't understand Maybe Seattle. a lot faster than LeBron that. LeBron says he wants to own the Vegas team. Yeah. So maybe it's not a stretch that when he retires, that's where he puts all of his efforts to getting an NBA team in Vegas. McNuggety? Got to do McNuggety. I like that. We got to do uh, what the internet says real quick. Whenever we do what the internet says, it's brought to us by our best friends over at PCC Air Force. We have an Eddie jingle after this, so stay tuned for an Eddie Christmas oh. jingle. Looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits? PCC Air Force is the leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Air Force at Eastlake, Mentor, Wycliffe, Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up. Plus, full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. Eddie, take it away. Rocking around with PCC and the airfoil makers. <laughs> Mistletoe hung where you can see, but not for you, Baker. <laughs> Rocking around with PCC. Hey, look at the Christmas tree. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and 
free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Later, we'll have some pumpkin pie and Cleveland whiskey. <laughs> wow. Throws in Cleveland well, whiskey. It's too. That's a Double great win. job. Wow, I love that he throws in a Baker slight <coughs> on the week that he's the NFC Offensive Player of the there's Week. So, that's, there's so many iceberg categories. Like, he like really, like, he put three subliminal things in there. Like, that's a sweet. lot of cats wouldn't even, like, if you just watch it and you just pull up, like, the first week, you're not going to get that. No. But if you're a no. day one guy, you that understand. That is a diehard, for yeah, sure. And we got two man. of these, and I want to get the final taste, because, Jay, we got to get to your final taste. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, from Sean, I got a quick final take also. Sean, Philpot, it's just a statement. He says, well, isn't the answer to whether three years long enough based on what the expectations were from the start? Yeah, I think that does play a large role into yeah. it. Uh, and this is for Jason. This is from Donnie, specifically addressed to Jason. What was the issue with Shanahan in Cleveland? He wanted out. Like yeah. the whole story about the PowerPoint presentation was 100% true. He went to ownership with a PowerPoint of like all the reasons why it wasn't going to work and why he wanted out. So they let him out of his contract because he didn't want to be here. There like he hated the uniforms. He didn't like the food. The cafeteria was trash. Was he didn't like the sparkling spot. That was such a fun story back in the day. Yeah. I think what it was. I don't know that story, by the way. I right. think he discovered and knew that he had other options and knew that he was a rising Anyone. head coach opportunity. I think he discovered that the soil was toxic here. Yeah. You can't win here. I don't want my career to start and die here. That's exactly it. And he got how out. Many, how many head coaches – Never got another chance because they came here. And the list what, is long. And say what you want about Josh McDaniels, and I know a lot of people don't like him and think he's a terrible head coach, but the one thing he nailed was his presentation. Uh, when they hired Kevin, he came in and said, gut the entire building. Everybody has to go, and you start fresh. Like, everybody has to go. And ownership did not like hearing that. And of course so not. He didn't get the job. Yep. All right, let's get the final take so we can make sure we get Jay's in. Bull, you're yeah. first. All right, let me tell you something. I just got to bring up their names because I never remember their names. Uh, is it who, who, the morning show on Good Morning? What's the one on on channel on NBC? Hoda and uh, what's Hoda the name? Hoda and uh, Kathy Lee. It's on. It channel. used to be Kathy Lee, right? Yeah, no, no it's uh, whatever it is. It's I good. Know. It's good. I don't even know the it's names the of the shows. Show. It's the Today, today show. show. That's it. So I, I happen to be in our cafeteria upstairs getting some snacks yesterday. And Hoda and whatever her name is are on there. And they're giving they're sitting there at the desk talking like, you know, kind of off the cuff. I don't know if it was or not. And they're giving advice. And they just gave like the worst advice I'd ever seen. And I'm like, hopefully people are not listening to them, although I know they are because it's a very popular show. First they said, uh, they were talking about somebody that was ill, and they were like, he decided he wasn't gonna complain about it to anybody. Uh, because somebody's got it worse. Well, as my therapist once said to me, you got to have somebody to complain to because there's always somebody that's got it worse and there's always somebody that's got it better. It is healthy to complain, not all the time, but it's healthy to at least have one person to complain about to the crappy things in life. So terrible advice by them there. Number two, they told this story about four guys trying out for a job and three of them wanted as much money as they could get. And the fourth guy did it for almost no money. And he got the job because he was a nice guy. What? That makes you a nice guy because you got taken advantage of financially? I don't understand. That doesn't make any sense either. That's, again, terrible advice. There's one more, but it'll be controversial, so I'll leave it be. That's it. Don't listen to TV people. Except for me. Everybody else is an idiot. Let's go. Jason? <laughs> I'll be quick. Uh, we didn't have the chance last week to talk about this. Grant Wall, the legendary soccer writer, uh, died uh, while covering the World Cup. And my profession lost one of the absolute pillars. And I know there was a lot of controversy around it and wondering if, if there was foul play involved, given some of the stances that he took while he was in Qatar and then to just drop dead. Uh, his wife, the Dr. Selena Gounder, came out and said it, he died of an aortic aneurysm. There was no foul play involved. And I didn't know Grant well, but our paths crossed very briefly a long time ago when he, of course, wrote the legendary LeBron story, the coming out story of LeBron in Sports Illustrated, uh, with the chosen one when, when LeBron really hit the map nationally. Grant was a fantastic writer, uh, just a compassionate human. He cared for others. And may he rest in peace. Just a devastating loss to his family, to the soccer world, and to my profession. All right. Well um, very well said. I, that's such a sad story. I was just looking at that the other day. It's crazy. 
Um, tonight, I'll be speaking at the Lake Erie International High School. So I will be uh, speaking to some um, youth as well as adults in the alternative high school who've gone back and, and got their GED, gone back and gotten, um, you know, their diplomas. And so tonight, I'll be talking to, to them about the most powerful, the most important thing in the world or the universe in its time. You know, time is, you know, more important than money. Time is more important than, you know, jobs or your career. Time is something that you automatically have to learn when to spend it correctly and have to learn one of the greatest lessons ever. And that is you can't get it back. Um, there's a lot of people walking the streets and there's a lot of people that are in anguish. A lot of people that live inside their own heads because they did not take advantage of the time that they were given to them. So when you when you walk around, don't just don't just exist. You, you have to live in the moment, live for what you want to do and always be thinking of am I spending the best way um, that I can with my time. And so I'll be talking to them about that. They've made their their choice to do something good with their time, which is to always go back and capitalize off what you can do. It's never too late. Um, you can start now by just being in the moment, being with the people you care about and always cherishing the time you have here on this planet. I love well that. Uh, that's part of my uh, standard PowerPoint speech is I say that time is the only resource we'll never have more of. Mm -hmm. And it's the most important resource in all of our lives. Don't waste a second. Don't waste a minute. Don't waste a day. Um, I'm just going to start by asking you to throw up this picture. This dude's 12. What? This dude is 12 That's impossible. years old. He has facial hair. <coughs> he has piercings. He has tattoos. How, he sure has a trophy. This is true. The New York Post? They have vet. Oh, it's all over the internet. Oh, okay. They, they, this went mega viral. This was just the New York Post. Wow. Mega viral. And it was one of those things that after I saw it three days ago, then I saw it two days ago, I saw it yesterday. I'm like, how have we not talked about this yet on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show? So I just wanted to bring this up and to show you this. We all played against kids. That, and maybe, Bull, you might have been one of those kids where everybody on the other team was saying, they, we, we call them birth certificates. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I need to see a birth certificate on this dude. Keep that. I remember I played a seventh grade football game against Port Clinton. They had a running back that his first name was Luca. And this dude had long, wild hair and facial hair. And he was a running back. And I played corner on defense. And the first time I came up to fill that hole to hit him, I made a business decision. <laughs> the business decision I made was that at about five foot, 95 pounds, I'm going to get the hell out of this guy's way. And I felt terrible about it. I came back in the huddle and I'm like, yo, I'm sorry, man, but I'm not, I'm not letting that dude truck me full speed. <laughs> and then and most of our teammates made that same decision the rest of the game. Birth certificate. That is the craziest example of birth certificate I've 20. ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, he he, when I saw that picture. He looks 20 years older than me. <laughs> I mean, he does. He does. You're right. He looks like you. he's in his 30s. And, yeah, and, and, and the guy's 12. So we'll keep an eye on him. And maybe one day the Browns will select him number one overall. And it'll be over the hill already oh by the time we get God. That is weird. <laughs> yeah, I just thought I'd share that. We're out of time. Overtime coming up next for you. Spend the $4.99 a month. We'll see you tomorrow on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.